Majora's Mask. Chapter 28. The Cave. So, you're telling me we've had this conversation before? Tail flew beside Link as they walked along the steep mountain passageway. The sun was still young and hidden above, overcast. Only sparse white flakes twirled to the ground, and patches of blue sky now shone through. Nonetheless, Link's boots sunk deep into the previous day's snow. And that blizzard won't be gone for long, Link thought. Especially if it's part of the Skullkid's curse. No, Link said, shaking his head in frustration. This is the first time I've been to Snowhead. But you said you've been reliving the same three days over and over again? Yes, but that doesn't mean I have to do the same thing every time. The boy sighed, again, explaining he and Tattle's adventure had proven much harder than he thought. You're the one doing the same thing every day. I bet the Skull Kid wasn't where you expected him to be, was he? Tail narrowed his eyes. Yes, he was supposed to be at the top of the clock tower. I came here because I didn't know where else to look. That proves my story, Link said. Everyone, including you, is stuck doing the same things except for me, Tattle, and the Skull Kid. And we only know everything is repeating because my ocarina is what restarts time. But I don't understand how that works, Tail said. It's just an ocarina, and besides, the Skull Kid never actually knew how to play it. How come he goes back in time and not me? I already told you, Link said. Twice. But I still don't get it. He shot it with lightning, and for some reason, he's... Bound to the ocarina's magic? Yes, Link said. You're literally just repeating what I said. So, does that mean he can start over the cycle whenever he wants to? Link stammered, realizing he'd never actually thought about that. I I don't think so. And he wouldn't want to anyways. Resetting time is bad for his plan. And he's trying to kill you because he knows you're saving the giants. Yes, Link answered. He probably figured that out once he saw the curse in Woodfall was broken. He was there when we were making our way back. Why do you think the giants can stop him? The fairy asked. Because you told us. I told you, Tail said. How would I know anything about that? I'm not sure. It was on the final night when the moon was about to fall. We were on top of the clock tower, and you told us to find the four who were there. One in each cardinal direction. Huh, Tail said. I know the story about the guardian giants, I guess, but no one's ever seen them, I think. The Skull Kid talks about his old friends that left him sometimes, and he makes it sound like it was a long time ago. Maybe that's what he meant. Old friends? Link asked. He was friends with them? I don't know. Which is why I don't get why some other version of me would know more. Maybe the Skull Kid told you something in the original three-day cycle. Link said. Before we change things. 
I still don't get how time travel is even possible, Tail said. How do I know you're not just making this up? You don't, Link said simply. But I promise Tattle will confirm everything when we find her. What happened to her anyways? Tail asked. You said she was kidnapped? The image of the black-robed creature cut across his memory. He'd lost control of his body as the monster forced him to kneel. He saw Tattle flying helplessly into her prison. Yeah, Link said. Kidnapped. Who was it? Why did they want her? I don't know, Link said. But it doesn't matter. I'm getting her back. You didn't see them? Or it? No. It looked like a Redead and was wearing a hood, but it controlled both of our bodies, which Redeads definitely can't do. What do you mean? I couldn't move my arms or legs. It forced me to stay still, and it forced Tattle to fly into a jar. Then it left me to die in the snow. Tail's confused face turned grim. And you're going after it? I won't let it take her! Link snapped. What if it kills her? And even if it doesn't, she'll die when the moon destroys Termina! I have to find her before these next two days are up! But if it can control you like that, you can't fight it! I'll find a way to stop it! It's only when I looked into its eyes, Link remembered. I just can't look into that hood. But what if it kills you? Then I die, Link said without hesitation. Abandoning Tattle isn't an option. Tail had no reply, turning instead to the path ahead. The tundra stretched on for a while in the shadow of a towering mountain peak. The purple fairy stopped to behold it nervously, but Link kept walking, recognizing it as the peak he'd seen from the last hill. The snow soon picked up again. They trekked onward in silence, and with each step, the dark gray curtain thickened. Eventually, the snowfall obscured even the mountain, and Link once again hiked blindly forward. The wind's whistling increased as visibility plummeted, and Link noted Tail's growing terror. That means we're getting close, he thought. He looked back and forth in the blizzard, expecting to see Zelda again somewhere in the snow. Are you sure you want to do this? Tail screamed over the wind. Link didn't answer, trudging onward in determination. He pulled his coat close, realizing that he'd only seen one dying tektite this far north. Nothing can survive out here, Link thought. Tail and Tattle were right to be afraid of Termino's borders. The distant mountain wall only came into view again once it was right in front of them. There it was, the edge of Termina, within reach. Link almost considered asking Tail to scale the mountain wall and see what was on the other side, but Tail would never agree. The hero quickly resumed his pace, following the mountain wall to look for an opening. Don't you hope to see her again someday? The mask salesman had said. Her corpse had been so still in her bed, just like it had been in the snow. It's beautiful, the bean salesman had said. A magnificent field of flowers as far as the eye can see. So, so beautiful. It's one of the things I live for. Sights like that. 
He recalled running through the woods of mystery, purple and orange fire swirling around them as Zelda's voice rang in his ears. Coma's words, as Lincoln Tattle had returned to the swamp, came to him then, too. But the mass didn't just bend to their will. It influenced them, too. It corrupted them. It wasn't long before Majora's will reigned supreme. That tribe behind secret walls did wicked things under the influence of that mask, killing and torturing, slowly expanding its territories. No one on the outside truly understood what happened on the inside. He remembered looking down at himself from above, through the eyes of the imp. His own eyes had been glowing purple as he struck the Skull Kid with dark magic. <laughs> what? Is it not a simple task? Why, to someone like you, it should by no means be a difficult task. He saw Anju's limp body rise high into the air. He saw Tattle dying on his chest. He fell to his knees, staring into the dark pits of the re-dead face. He batted Tattle away from the lightning strike's path. It hit his ocarina and then himself directly in the chest, lifting him off his feet and sending him backward through the air. Darkness is the only reality. I, Majora, am the embodiment of that darkness. The light you cling so desperately to is always fading fast. All have darkness in their hearts, even without a black mark to remind them. Link shook his head, squeezing his eyes shut as he trudged through the snow. The voices and snow alike bombarded him relentlessly. But none can hide in bliss forever. Then, the voices stopped, and Link turned to find an opening in the rock wall beside him. It was the entrance to a cave, appearing perfectly circular. He stared into its darkness gravely, though its small opening didn't reveal anything. The wind howled behind them as the fairy and boy looked inside. Whatever twisted secret lay within that gaping maw was silent, but he could feel its hunger. If Tattle's down there, Tails said, speaking over the storm, I don't think we can save her. We have to try, Link said. But you don't even know that she is down there. Then don't come with me. Link said. His hand went to the handle of his razor sword, slowly sliding it out of his sheath as he stepped into the darkness. He spotted the remnants of a fire first. The scorched wood was cold and black. The pit was placed exactly where the snowfall's reach ended at a thin white line. He bent down to grab one of the portable logs from the fire, gripping his sword tighter in the other hand. He commenced his journey across the uneven floor and reached a corner that twisted off to the end. Everything ahead was a black void. Link turned back to see Tattle still waiting at the cave's mouth. The purple fairy stared sadly at him, and then flew away. The hero restrained himself from sighing. I can't expect him to follow me, Link thought. I can't ask someone else to risk their life like this. Link walked around the corner, and soon, the winter storm's bright ballad was gone. One step at a time, Link thought. Keep your mind clear. And so he did. A new kind of cold set in. 
Unlike snowfalls, this chill felt unnatural. It was dark and actively burrowed its way through his skin. It tried to turn him back with every step, but Link ignored it. Once the darkness became absolute, Link sheathed his sword and pulled out a match, lighting the makeshift torch he'd created. The outside's world's light had faded long ago, and he no longer had a fairy with him. Only the flickering flames protected him from blindness. His panicked breaths and quick footsteps were his only accompaniment. The tunnel sloped downward, eventually emptying into a larger chamber. Link straightened his back as the ceiling no longer brushed against his head. The mountain cavern was round, its top bubbling outward several feet. Link lifted his torch to take in its features. A few dips and rises broke the floor, and one was high and large enough for use as a table. He scanned it carefully, expecting to find something dangerous. But everything was as quiet as it had been since the entrance. He found a passageway on the opposite wall, and Link realized the tunnel kept going. He headed that way, only stopping when the fire illuminated something beside the doorway. Is that a glistening mark? He lifted his torch and revealed a drawing. Link bent closer to decipher its features. Oh, it's a horse, Link realized. The animal had been scratched into existence with dark chalk. The horse was looking over its shoulder, away from the doorway. When Link turned his head, he noticed that the picture continued. It formed a mural that was only a few shades lighter than the wall itself. He followed the rest of the drawing, walking along the dark chalk as the scenes connected to form a larger picture. It stretched high and reached the ceiling, and as he revealed trees, grass, and the sky, his expression darkened, because when he put together what was being depicted, his curiosity gave way to horror. The sky was a torrential maelstrom of gray clouds, and rain hammered relentlessly. Water had begun to curl upward near the horse, who looked backward in terror. The water connected back to much larger curls, bellowing forth from a massive wave. Continuing to the left, he found even more tumultuous water. An enormous, tsunami-like catastrophe had struck the land in this drawing. There was no visible ocean, however. Only mountains, a river, and an expansive forest. It wasn't obvious where the water had come from. Going further, Link ran across the first person. It was a man, his head just poking out of a wave, arms outstretched and unable to grab anything. His mouth opened wide in a scream of terror as he drowned. As Link rounded the room's corner, he found more people, all dying as this storm overwhelmed them. He found chunks of stone, too, and shards of wood and metal. There was another far less fortunate horse caught by a wave exploding from a stone wall. Link quickened his pace, following the hurricane of destruction to see a familiar village being torn to shreds. Food stalls, people, buildings, a well, and even the remnants of a steeple had shattered. All was being erased from existence buried beneath the violent, foaming water. At the mural's center, he found a castle. Link's eyes widened. The castle was unaffected by the downpour. The rain stopped short of landing upon any of the tiles or stone. The apocalyptic nightmare, instead, occurred all around it. From inside the windows, a different kind of horror took place. People were thrown from shattered glass or else stabbed by dark, hidden creatures. Though those inside were safe from water, the malevolent force at work clearly had no intentions of leaving survivors. The drawing was flawlessly crafted, 
but Link didn't care to admire the handiwork, because this was a painting of Hyrule. Someone in Termina knows about my home, Link thought, and they appeared to hold immense malice for it. The doomsday scene was horrifying. Link lowered his torch as his mind reeled. Is someone here planning the destruction of Hyrule? Link wondered. Or is it just crazy coincidence that someone drew my home like this? It could simply be a drawing that meant nothing, but in a cave this terrifying, at Termina's border, he doubted it. What does it mean? Did the Skull Kid do this? Link spun around. The voice came from the tunnel leading onward. He stared into its darkness, gulping as the crackling flames filled the silence. Please! Someone help me! He recognized that voice. Tattle! Link immediately abandoned his fear and sprinted into the tunnel. I can't get out! Help! The fairy's voice was hysterical. He never heard Tattle in that much mortal terror before. Link's mind was blank in determination as he ran across the uneven floor. The fairy's shouts grew louder. Tattle! Link exclaimed. I'm right here! I'm coming! He rounded the corner to see yet another stretch of tunnel descending further underground, and her shouting had stopped. <sighs> Tattle! I'm almost there! Hold on! When he reached the next turn, Link grabbed the corner's edge and sprinted around. He found a similarly sized room with a small bottle standing alone in its center. It was corked, and its contents illuminated the cave around it. Tattle! Link almost stepped inside, but he retracted his foot when he noticed the floor. Black, thick tar coated almost the entire thing. He couldn't guess how deep it went, though there were a few islands of rock protruding from the trap. They were too far apart to be used as stepping stones, though, and his fairy was nowhere close to the islands. Her bottle sank slowly beneath the ooze, already halfway there. Tattle shoved her body against the cork, trying to push it open and keep herself in the top half. <gasps> Link! She exclaimed. She pressed her face against a small hole in the bottle. The chip wasn't large enough for her to fit through, though her voice did. It also meant the tar would slowly fill her prison until it drowned her. Link, help! I I'm coming! Link considered leaping, but even if he made it to Tattle, the tar would simply swallow him too. What is this stuff? I don't know! It just threw me in here and kept going! It? Link said, still frantically trying to devise a plan. That wicked thing! Tattle said. Link's blood ran cold when he imagined monsters beneath the surface. All the while, Tattle's bottle kept sinking more and more. Ah! My Digu mask! Link thought. He retrieved it from his bag and quickly became a swamp creature. All his belongings disappeared except the torch he'd set aside. He tentatively touched the thick goo, and his wood-textured feet promised to treat it like water. Link! Hurry! Can't you hear them? They're coming! Just hold on, Tattle! He braced himself, gripped the torch firmly, and then took his first leap. He skipped off the surface just like before, making two leaps before he reached the first island. Though Tattle was now closer, he still couldn't reach her. Please! She said, backing away from the chip as it began to go under. Hurry! 
Ling considered hopping past her and picking her up mid-stride, though that might end his momentum and kill them both. That won't work, Link thought. His mind raced until another idea presented itself. Pedal! Link said, removing his mask and regaining his human voice. Get as close as you can to the top left corner! He retrieved his bow and notched an arrow, aiming at her glass prison. Tattle obeyed without hesitation, and then he released the string. The arrow traveled straight through the glass and shattered it. The fairy flew away from the debris, appearing uninjured as Tar swallowed the bottle pieces and arrow. Tattle quickly made it to her companion, who stood on the island of rock, bow at his side and blue eyes wide with relief. Then, something grabbed his ankle. It pulled, sending Link flat on his face. The unknown creature dragged him across the rock toward the tar, but Link noted the gray hand and instinctively grabbed his torch. When he brought fire upon it, the hand retracted into the darkness as it burned, though several more hands had already emerged from the darkness, all using long, skeletal fingers to reach for him. The second hand wrestled his torch away as two more grabbed his ankles. Tattle became the only light in the room once his torch vanished. She illuminated a notch on the island, which he clung to as they pulled relentlessly on his feet. Skeletons, all dripping with black muck, rose from the depths, and Link's mind went blank with panic as he drew his sword. When he slashed backward, the ghastly arms became severed limbs, and Link scrambled back to his feet. Tattle? Link said, only able to see the emerging skeletons. Light the way across! The hero didn't wait to see if she listened. There wasn't time. Ten skeletons had emerged and now almost surrounded him. He simply applied his mask and leapt in the direction he hoped was the exit. Tattle's orb, thankfully, proved his hasty guest correct. Link hopped to a second island, a third, and then reached the tunnel on the other side. He collapsed on solid ground, crawling away from the tar before any more skeletons could pursue him. His bright orange eyes turned back to see the skeletons now standing, abandoned, on the island. They looked after him with disdain, but they didn't appear to be willing to leave the room. The darkness engulfed them once more as Tattle's light left, and they returned to their bleak swamp. Link shivered as he removed the mask, catching his breath and scooting against the wall. Tattle immediately joined him, hugging his shoulder as the hero brought a hand gently on top of her. Tattle, Link managed, still shaking. I... I thought you were gone. But you found me, Tattle said, clinging to him so tightly. I knew you would. Link looked ahead to ensure there were no monsters in the other direction. All he found was a similar cramped dark tunnel continuing onward. Tattle, Link said again, releasing her from the hug. You said that the redead thing kept going this way? What happened? Is it close? Did it take you straight here and just throw you in the tar? Tattle simply shook her head slowly in reply. When silence followed, the fairy did nothing to break it. Are you okay? Link asked, getting to his feet. No, she said. I'm not. Link's brow furrowed. He didn't understand why she seemed so blank-faced and catatonic. What happened? Link asked. I can't talk about it, the fairy said. We should keep going. We can turn back, Link said. I came here to find you, so we should leave and get you some rest. It'll only get worse the further we go through here. 
I'd rather face those skeletons again. No. Tattle said darkly. There's another way out. It's how that creature brought me in here, and we have to get there. Fast. Something even worse is gonna come out of that lake. Link grimaced. <sighs> Lead the way. He wanted to press her for more questions. What did you learn about the Redead thing? How does it control other people? Why would it come to this cave, and how far away is it? But the fairy didn't seem to answer those questions right now. Hmm. There will be time for answers later. Tattle gave him a weak smile, and then she flew onward. Link followed from behind, his excitement now tempered with caution. I can't believe I actually found you, Link said. I never stopped looking for you, but deep down, I thought I'd be too late, like I was for Anju and Zelda. Yeah, Tattle said. She added nothing else. Maybe I am too late, Link thought grimly. Maybe Tattle's too traumatized to be herself ever again. He decided against saying anything else. The tunnel widened both vertically and horizontally. He was able to release a little of the tension in his chest with the extra space, even though the darkness persisted. The slope downward had begun to level out. Eventually, Link saw a speck of light ahead. His heart leapt with excitement. Link hadn't been so relieved to see daylight since his trek in Woodfall Temple. Is that it? Link asked. He turned to Tattle, and all the gloom in her face had faded. Yes, she said happily. Let's get out of here before those skeletons follow us. Link agreed, and they quickened their pace until they reached a crossroads. The left turn spiraled sharply upward to an exit. Sunlight poured in and illuminated the back stone. To the right, the cave kept going even deeper into darkness. <sighs> Finally, Link whispered, closing his eyes and allowing the sunlight to wash over him. Snowhead's warmth felt heavenly on his skin. It was never this warm before, Link thought. Hey! The voice came from behind them. Link turned around to see a darker light approaching them. A purple light. Tail? He thought. The fairy stopped right behind them. What are you doing? He asked, sounding extremely alarmed. Link wrinkled his brow, turning to Tattle when her brother didn't acknowledge her. I thought you didn't want to come. I, I was going to, Tail said, slightly out of breath. But she's my sister, and I didn't have anywhere else to go, so... Who are you talking to? Tattle asked. Panic was slow to creep its way back up his spine when Link realized neither of the fairies could see each other. Tail, he said cautiously, backing away from the purple fairy. The purple fairy raised an eyebrow. Yes? Link? Tattle said worriedly. Go up the slope. Now. It must be one of the cave's tricks. My brother's not really there. Don't let him hurt you. The illusions here can kill. Link didn't say anything, fumbling for words as his eyes traveled between the siblings. Uh, are you... Tail began, but Tattle talked over him before he could finish. Just go! She exclaimed. It's an illusion from the edge of Termina, like 
in the forest, remember? When you saw Zelda? Link stepped back toward the exit's light, and Tail immediately jumped in alarm. Oi! Stop! Right now! What in the name of Din are you doing? Link froze, opening his mouth but not knowing what to say. Don't listen to him! Tattle said. He's not really there! Look! You finally found me! We can be together again if you just walk out of the cave with me right now! Don't let the darkness deceive you! It's the cave! Tails said, perking up. Don't let it trick you! Whatever's trying to get you to do that, just stop! Do what? Link asked. The exit's right there! I know it is, so go! Tattle pleaded. Please, hurry! What exit? Tail exclaimed. The only exit is the way we both came in, and you know that! Link gulped, reaching into his bag carefully. His fingers wrapped around the lens of truth as gently as possible, hoping neither fairy would notice. Link, Tattle said, there's nothing left for us in this cave. Going to the other side of Termina isn't worth it. Link pulled the instrument free and the white fairy immediately went silent. Tail, meanwhile, looked at it curiously. What is that? Link didn't answer, putting it to his eyes and looking through. Tail was still there. The purple fairy merely looked back with one eyebrow still raised. <laughs> no. Link thought in despair. He turned around slowly, keeping the lens of truth over his eye. And as soon as the lens reached Tattle and the light of day, both vanished. In place of the exit, the sloped pathway merely led directly into a wall lined with sharp, blood-stained spikes only inches from his nose. Exactly where sunlight had been, four rotting skeletons had been impaled from head to toe, as if they walked willingly into the trap. Horror overtook Link as all the air left his chest. When he lowered the lens of truth, the outside world didn't reappear, and neither did Tattle. The illusions were permanently shattered. He slowly regained his breath, struggling to process what had just happened. Th that... Hands interrupted him, emerging from the darkness and grabbing his shirt. Link gasped as they forced him against the cave wall. The lens of truth spiraled from his hands and bounced away. When he lifted his head, he was face to face with Anju. Her pale, emotionless face merely stared at him as she grabbed his throat and squeezed. Link's open mouth gaped as the innkeeper pushed him against the wall and began strangling him. Whoa! Tail exclaimed from beside him. What's happening? Link tried to wriggle free, but her cold, hard grasp was relentless. The hero kicked himself off the wall instead, slamming his forehead into hers. Anju stumbled back, but she never released him. Instead, she knocked his feet out from under him and pinned him to the ground. The impact forced even more air from his lungs, and Link clawed for release as his breath slipped away. You selfish, selfish boy! Anju said. Her words dripped with venom, and her eyes shone with immense hatred. Vengeance was etched into every line of her face, otherwise she looked and sounded exactly as he remembered. If I let you go, you'll just let me die again, won't you? You'll play that song of time over and over just so you can watch the moon flatten me. Or maybe you'll hand me over to the imp again and let him blow me up. Which do you like more, Link? Which of my screams do you relish the most? Do you laugh when you kill me? Does it make you happy? 
She's not real! Link thought, trying in vain to fight her off. Go away! Please! It's just a trick! But even so, his eyes bulged red as his skin turned blue. Tail hovered over him, fumbling for words as, from his perspective, Link fell to the floor and suffocated for no apparent reason. Meanwhile, the hero's entire world was the wrathful innkeeper's face and hands as she murdered him. Link's burning chest overwhelmed him, and his mind grew numb and dizzy. When the boy's head weakly lolled to the side, he saw the lens of truth mere inches away. With the last of his strength, Link took his hand off Anju's wrist to reach for it, but the lens was just beyond his grasp. No... Link thought distantly. Bright lights danced across his vision, and he could no longer feel Anju's unforgiving fingers. The world simply faded away. You're a monster, Anju said, her anger giving way to sadness. You let everyone that cares about you die, all so you can go and play hero. You're only feeding the darkness you claim to fight. Then... The lens of truth suddenly appeared over his eyes. Anju vanished, and Link's throat immediately opened. An immense amount of air flooded in as his chest heaved. Each breath burned, but Link welcomed the pain that slowly replaced the numbness. He coughed, turning onto his side as feeling returned to his fingers and toes, too. Tail held the lens of truth uncertainly, watching as Link scooted against the cave wall to compose himself. The hero realized that, by reaching for the lens of truth, he'd signal to tell what would rescue him. <laughs> he just saved my life. <sighs> Link realized. He sat there for a moment, unable to stand as strength crept back into his body. Tail inched his way closer to him, eventually handing back the lens of truth. The boy took it back into his shaking hands. Uh, are you okay? Okay? Tail asked. Link nodded. What was that thing? Are there more invisible monsters? She wasn't real, Link said despite the hoarseness. It was an illusion. The cave, it tricked me. Tail didn't seem convinced by that. Illusions don't strangle people. How can something that's not real kill you? Link looked away, still catching his breath. I... I don't know, he thought. There'd been nothing fake about those fingers and those hateful words. I, I guess it tricks all of your senses, Link said. Your whole body. How can we fight something like that? Tail said. This lens shatters illusion, Link said. We need to keep it close by and not take any chances. He gripped the lens of truth as he stood, panting while he looked for more illusions or monsters. He and Tail were alone. I guess we keep going, Link said, already missing the fake sunlight. Before the lens had revealed the truth, there hadn't been an ounce of doubt in his mind. I guess... Tail said uneasily. When the hero took his next step forward, Tail followed. Thanks for coming back, Link said. Sure, Tail said. 
But I'm still not really sure what I did. You talked me down from walking into those spikes, Link said. And you put the lens of truth over my eyes before Anju could kill me. Anju? Uh, the second illusion, Link corrected. You saved me even though you've only known me for maybe an hour. I don't even think Tattle would have done that so soon into knowing her. So, thanks, Tail. Bringing up Tattle caused his heart to sink tremendously. I thought I had her, but all of it was fake. That hug. Hearing her voice again. Tears surprised him, but there were hardly any left after almost being strangled. My sister was a first illusion, wasn't she? Tail asked. Link didn't respond, which was answer enough. I'm sorry. It's okay, Link said. It's not your fault, Tail. You came back to save me. Yeah, I'm glad I could help, but I'm still really confused. And I'm just now realizing I still don't know your name. Link stopped. Whoa, he thought, realizing just how little time they'd spent together. He turned to be face to face with the purple fairy. Without his torch, Tail was his only light. The image of Tail, struck by the Skull Kid's lightning, flashed across his mind. He remembered him dull and lifeless beneath the awesome moon. That, of course, had been in some reality that may or may not still exist, left behind by his ocarina's magic. You're a monster, Anju had said. You let everyone that cares about you die. Link pushed those thoughts away. Well, Tail, my name's Link. He held out his hand. I originally came here to look for my lost fairy, but now I'm here to do what I can for Termina. Tail looked at his extended hand uncertainly, before wrapping his entire hand around Link's pointer finger. My name's Tail, he said, and I'm Tattle's brother. Though, uh, I guess you already knew both of those things already. I'm here. Yeah, I've always been here. Terminal is where I live, and I'd like to help you look for Tattle. They continued onward. And this time, Tail remained at his side. So, you came here to find a fairy? He asked. As in, one other than my sister? Yes, Link said. But I've given up looking for her. Huh, kind of funny that you just ended up looking for a different one now. Link nodded uncertainly. Funny is one way to put it. Kiss me. The voice was so soft and sweet. Zelda's bright eyes were immediately conjured into his memory. He was phased for only a moment, and then he kept going. It had risen from the darkness, clearly aware that the lens of truth could not destroy illusions of sound. Uh, did you hear that? Tail asked, looking over his shoulder. It sounded like... Don't worry about it, Link said, eyes narrowed in determination. He didn't want to be slowed down again. It's not real. Tail had probably heard some other voice, maybe even Tattles, but it didn't matter what the fairy's illusion was. All of them had one goal in mind, to lure them to their deaths. You don't have to go, Zelda said again. Link stopped when the tunnel made a sudden drop. The dangerously steep angle plummeted straight into water, which appeared much more transparent than the tar. 
There was no way over it. The entire tunnel was submerged going forward. Tail stopped just beside him, peering into the deathly still water, too. Not a single wave disturbed the underground river, and nothing visible stirred within. When Link looked through the lens of truth, the bulk of the water vanished. Where the lens couldn't reach, in his peripheral vision, the still water remained lurking dangerously. That thing, it shows you what's real? Yes, Link said. And this water definitely isn't. I'm not sure if anything in this cave is. Did you pass over a pool of black tar on your way through? No, Tail said. Link scoffed. I could have made all those skeletons go away, he realized. But I did pass a drawing on my way in of a castle. A whole land, really, being destroyed by a massive flood. Link's expression darkened. I'll think about what that means later. Stay close to me, he said. The water won't hurt you if you're looking through this. So, shattering the illusion with your eyes does it for your whole body? Tail asked, flying to be just next to his head. They both peered through to make the water go away. As long as it's not a disembodied voice, it would seem, Link said. The two of them walked closely together, carefully descending the slope. The water continued touching the edge of their vision, but the lens cleared a path for their bodies. Link didn't dare look anywhere but straight ahead, knowing that if he dropped or misdirected the lens, water would rush in and drown them. After only a few steps inward, other things became visible in the water. Bodies. Each appeared vaguely familiar and accompanied by debris, wood and stone. The corpses' mouths were wide open in horrified surprise. A memory flashed of these faces dancing in a town square, and then the hero realized what he was seeing. These were pieces of Hyrule. All around him, ruins of Hyrule Marketplace and Lon Lon Ranch floated by. The villagers' bodies were rotting and bloated or else beaten by waves of immense power. When a familiar red-headed woman drifted by, Anju's body confirmed his theory. He was walking through the cave mural's aftermath. Navi, what do you think will be left after Hyrule? His own voice spoke to him in the darkness, returning from the sunny day in Hyrule Field with his guardian fairy. Hyrule will never be gone. We were ordained by the gods to be here, Link. Link gulped when Anju's hair brushed past his face. He couldn't feel it, but her face was wide in shock, as if not expecting death. He remembered her in the South Clock Town Plaza flying into the air when the ground exploded beneath her. It's so pretty out here, Zelda said. I don't ever want these days to end. Me neither, Link said, mouthing the response he'd given. You're... Happy, right? Of course, Zelda, Link said, closing his eyes and envisioning the beautiful Hyrule field. I'm in love with you and this place. Hyrule is my home, and it always will be. A wave of water knocked the lens of truth from his hands. His eyes shot open when he realized his mistake, but the water had already enveloped them. Corpses drifted in to separate him from the magical artifact which danced to the bottom of the tunnel, 
Link floated toward a rocky ceiling that offered no escape from the water. Link, who hadn't the time to hold his breath, had already lost an immense amount of air. He turned to see Tail struggling for freedom too, wings unable to flap in the water. Link desperately swam for the lens of truth, pushing the villagers' bodies out of the way, but each corpse merely revealed another one behind it. Those lifeless bodies threatened to stop him in his tracks, but he kept going, kept pushing more innocent lives aside. His eyes were blurred when he finally reached the lens of truth. He pressed his eye against it, and immediately, his body stopped floating. Link fell to the cave floor, picking up the lens as he regained his breath yet again. However, he turned around to see that Tail was still floating through the open air, unconscious and unable to breathe. Link grabbed his body, running as fast as he could. His breathlessness made it almost impossible, but the hero pressed onward, determined to save Tattle's brother. Soon he reached the submerged illusion's end. Link ran up the slope and broke the waterline in his peripheral vision. As soon as he did, Tail's eyes shot open and he too began coughing from the hero's open palm. Link sighed with relief, collapsing to the floor as Tail regained his breath too. Thank Nehru. <sighs> he and Tail lay there for only a moment when Link noticed something ahead. Light. The tunnel went on for only a bit longer before simply ending. There were no more dips or slopes, no more forks. It continued straight to an exit, and there was no snow dotting the way out. Link looked through the lens of truth to shatter the illusion, but the exit did not go away. We made it! Link realized, through the whole cave. When Link lowered it, the dampness covering his clothes finally vanished, and he looked back to see that the tunnel was no longer submerged. When Tail could speak again, he looked up to see the exit as well. Is that? Yes, Link said. It's for real this time. But that would mean this is the other side of the mountains, which isn't a part of Terminal. I know. Link said. He gripped the lens of truth tightly as he walked with Tail to the cave's exit. They steeled themselves to brave the unknown together. It is time to bathe. This time, Majora's voice rang through their minds. In the darkness. In the ash. Regardless, they took their final steps inside Termina, passing out of the cave and into what lay beyond. It is time to bathe in the truth. Darkness. That's all there was. A singular platform of rock lay at the cave's mouth, and Link and Tail stood on it together. Their wide, terrified eyes took in the bleak scene together. The sky was a sea of black clouds that grumbled with thunder. Bolts of lightning cut sharply across the endless nightmare. The ground was one flat, level field of ash, stretching as far as the eye could see in every direction. Snowhead's mountain range remained strong and tall behind them, though it was the only visible change in elevation. Debris lay scattered in the ash. Any buildings that might have once stood proudly were now black, charred, and level with the rest of the land. It was a plain of desolation. This unknown civilization had been wiped away like trash. The plain went into the distance as far as the eye could see, blurred with the sky's darkness. 
It was impossible to find the line between the field of ash and sky. The endless storm above it grumbled as if all that needed to be said about what lay before them. Link stepped to the edge of the platform uncertainly. He reached down for the ash, wondering what it might feel like to grab a handful of those gray specks. He could let them run through his finger and take in their immense power, their immense darkness. But Tail's concerned face stopped Link when his fingers were only inches from the desolate land, his chest's scar. It bubbled with excitement. It wanted him to touch it. Link summoned immense willpower to retract his hand. He didn't want to know what would happen if he satisfied that urge. <laughs> it's terrible, Tail said. What do you think happened? I don't know, Link said. He recalled the forest beyond Death Mountain and the underground tunnel beneath the clock tower. Geographically, it didn't make sense for this to exist. Where was the forest he'd first entered? Was this it? Had this apocalypse been that recent? Why did it stop at the mountains? No, Link decided. There's no way this land of darkness is only a day old. The ruins looked ancient, and he wagered he would find a similarly scarred land across the border of each of Termina's edges. Across the forest, across the ocean, and across the canyon. All there was and ever would be was ash. Termina was a spot. It was the last remaining beacon in a wasteland of nothing, and the moon looked down on it, ready to destroy the last remaining source of light. How much of this would I have to travel through to reach Hyrule? Link wondered. He remembered the painting of his homeland and recalled the lifeless bodies floating in the water. His stomach churned. Let's go, Tail said, turning away from the darkness. Jaddle's not here. Nobody is. This... This is what strengthens the Skull Kid, Link realized. The ashes... They give him power. I think this is what he wants Termina to become. No, no, Tail said, stammering. He's not that evil. He can't be. He's our friend. It's the mask, Link said. Your friend would never have done this. Tail gave one last look at the wasteland before turning back to the cave. Let's just get out of here. He flew back into the underground tunnel ahead of the hero. Link hesitated before he followed. The boy carefully gripped the lens of truth, turning to face the land beyond Terminal once more. He lifted the lens to his eyes. The darkness, the desolation, the hopelessness. It did not go away. The wasteland was still there.